0: I'm Angelique Rocher, and this is Marvel's Voices. From the moment I met Jessica Hennick, and I had this opportunity to see her energy and this constant joy she brings, whether it's flipping over upside down on a couch or playing with Thor's hammer or just really how excited she gets about the idea of playing a game or talking about training or talking about her colleagues— She has this really true energy and love that she brings into the work that she does as an actor, as a writer, as we found out, a dancer. Even with the video games she plays with her brothers and how excited she really gets about just living life. Jessica is originally from the UK. She's got two brothers. She's a middle kid, total nerd, avid reader, and knew from a really young age that she wanted to act. Even when the odds were stacked against her, even when they basically said that because she was of Asian descent, that it would be difficult for her to be an actress, she kind of doesn't back down. She basically got her first role on Spirit Warriors on BBC because she wrote a letter because she had outaged the show. She had outaged the audition and she wrote a letter saying, You should consider me anyway and then becomes the first East Asian actress to lead a show on British television, it really sets the tone for who she is and how she moves about the world, and that when she sets her sights on something, she goes for it. Whether it's Game of Thrones, whether it's her stage performances, whether it's video voiceovers, or it's been most recently in Marvel's Iron Fist, she's always taken that tenacity and that lack of fear and that ambition and really just got 110%. And whether that's writing those letters or figuring out how to use a whip or jumping off of a building, she through and through shows this thirst and love for life that I, I first saw when we met. I have watched the entire season of Marvel's Iron Fist on Netflix. It's amazing, but also it really gives a chance for the other characters to shine, in particular, Colleen Wing. Colleen is a little bit different than Jessica. I think Colleen's a little less funny, but she's loving and supportive and she's loyal. And I think that's one of the coolest things about her is that she's got this sense of duty for community. Even when we meet Colleen in the beginning of Marvel's Iron Fist Season 2, she's not in the crime-fighting vigilante mode at that point in the show, but she's still giving back to the community. She's still fighting for what she thinks is right, and there's a sense of honor and duty and commitment to really helping people who truly need it. Colleen Wing is the glue that holds everyone together. This is Jessica Hinnick's story. You know what's not smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. But you know what is smart? ZipRecruiter.com slash voices. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. No more sorting through the wrong resumes, no more waiting for the right candidates to apply. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number 1 by employers in the US. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address: ziprecruiter.com/voices. That's ziprecruiter.com/v o i c e s. ziprecruiter.com/voices. ZipRecruiter, Zip the smartest way to hire. Heads up, there are some major spoilers for Marvel's Iron Fist season two in this episode. You must be so much fun on set. Aw, I try. I also feel like you're the person that does pranks on set too.
1: I do. <laughs> I have. So Sasha, who plays Davos. Yeah. Um, I hid in his changing room for like twenty minutes waiting for him. And then when it wasn't even a clever prank. Like when he came in, I just jumped out behind the um <laughs> behind the couch and started dancing when I say dancing I mean literally just waving my arms around and um, he freaked out it was great
0: (laughs) I I can tell by your personality you're that friend who is like always thinking of the fun way to make people laugh
1: my favorite days on set are the days when I don't have any lines
0: because then it's like I have free reign to do whatever I want I idle
1: hands
0: (laughs) does that come from being a middle child because you're a middle child you have two brothers right Yeah, two brothers that's a lot one older one younger I'm literally
1: smack bang in the middle
0: Oof. Boys are boys are interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, do, do you have siblings?
0: I have two sisters, but I'm the baby, and they're ten and twelve years older. Oh, okay. So it's like the whole That's a like big. Rev- it's a big difference. Yeah. Are you close with them?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm really close with my brothers, and it just turned me into such a tomboy growing up. Like I would live in their hand me downs. I was wearing athleisure before it was cool. I was just
0: like, just lived in. Wait, athleisure was You know like cool? tracksuit pants I and was sh- like <gasps> when was it not
1: cool? No, in England there was a period of time when and, and still even now wearing a tracksuit was just considered really chavvy. I don't know yeah, if you I was, know, it, Yeah, no, yeah. Exactly, I know exactly. It was about to. I was actually about was to say really it was chavvy, when you were But now, it's, now it's like <laughs> chic. Um and I remember having to do a family portrait like as in a a photo session, not a painting, that would yeah. be weird. Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not in like the 1800s. Uh we did a family portrait And my mom made me wear a dress and I remember screaming like, I don't want to. I want tracksuit pants. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was a real tomboy.
0: I mean, I think it's it's worked out pretty well for you because you get to literally roughhouse for a living. Yeah,
1: I definitely. Yeah, I would. I would wrestle a lot with my brothers. So I'm I'm not afraid of getting hurt or a favorite pastime was sliding down the stairs on my stomach. Did you do that, too? And I totally I, do. I went back to my childhood home last week and I was looking I was standing at the top of the stairs and I looked down and I went, I'm scared. I'm afraid to do that. I couldn't do that now. But when you're a kid, you're
0: fearless. You like you don't fear it. It's like, oh, oh I'm gonna go on this new adventure mm-hmm. and just go for it. It was a it was a great pastime. It was a homemade roller coaster. You're really athletic. So like is is that just you have always been a hiking, I'm gonna go to the mountains. For yeah. for reference, like I've I've seen your your hiking. Instagrams you are, your Instagram is a little bit well, Uh oh, your Instagram you. is fun um,
1: well, um, so I was raised outside of London in a, a, an OAP town which is full of pensioners, and there was nothing to do there except go outdoors you know it's a different time. Yeah. you know I, I walked to the school bus on my own, yeah. um, go play in the garden um, it's just rolling green hills, and I even got chased by a farmer with a gun. And I didn't, I went back and did it again. Like I said, when you're a kid, you're fearless. So I spent a lot of my childhood outdoors. And also my mum was was really keen on me dancing. So I did a lot of dance growing up. And I think that's really what has helped all of these different things. Because I'm not a good Katana user, bow Staff user. I'm not, I don't have 20 years of experience in it. But that foundation of dance means that I can pick things up very quickly. Mm. Yeah, I always say I'm not a good martial artist. I just learn choreography very quickly.
0: So wait, so what kind of dance?
1: Everything. Um, <laughs> With my school, you had to start in ballet. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I did tap and I did disco. Wait, mm-hmm. disco was a... Cl- it was a class. <laughs> it was a class. I guess now we... It, it, the, really, it should have been called street dance. But for some reason, our school didn't call it that. They just called it disco. <sighs> it was bad. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> and the thing is, she would my teacher was quite mean and she would drill these things into me so I still remember this really bad routine but she would yell because we're children so she'd come up with ways for you to remember it and and so it was like Hand, shoulders, hands, sparklers. Hand, shoulders, hand, sparklers. Uh, I remember the whole routine. Oh my god! I don't even remember the names of people I worked with eight years ago, but I remember this routine that I learned when I was
0: nine. It's stuck in your head. It's muscle memory.
1: Yeah, it's it's strange. Oh my goodness!
0: Wow, like you've had such an interesting background on like growing up, like coming from not being in the city. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there was a difference between? Growing up outside the city and living in the city
1: mm uh, well i would I would have been way cooler if i'd lived in the city growing up, like I was not a cool kid uh seriously i was not I was not a cool kid. I was thinking about it the other day. I bumped into a girl that I went to school with recently, and she said, "You know what I always respected about you, and I went what and she said that you didn't give up f- what anyone thought about you. I was that kid that I would walk home from the bus and I'd be reading a book and I would navigate the crowd like this. I wouldn't even look up, navigate walking past the lamppost. Like, and I didn't care that I, I... I was quite bullied when I was at school. Mm. And I just didn't... I just... I got a really thick skin, I think. Mm. Which you would, I would have got in the city, but... I think I should would have been cooler in the city. <laughs> Look,
0: you're, I I get it. Like, I was I was definitely bullied as a kid. I was definitely that kid who was, like, drawing in the back of the class. Mm-hmm. My thing was poetry. Like, I would just wow. I would start writing poetry. And I um, remember getting... Because I was being disruptive. I got sent For to For poetry? Ugh, I was being disruptive because I was reading a book in class and I should have been paying attention. I did that all the time. No, I would cover them with the little, like, book covers so it looked like I was reading my text. But yeah. it didn't work.
1: Uh, what I did was... Uh, you know you'd have your like pencil case or whatever and you Mm. you had a little desk and i would open the book and then i put the pencil case so that it kept kept it open and i'd sit there and i'd read from across the desk like this thing and i got caught so many times i I probably (laughs) i probably was really annoying i'm sure i was an awful child persistent you were asinine probably tenacious (laughs) (laughs) I, i i i was that kid that would ask questions when other kids wouldn't ask questions like but why that kid Um, I wanted to know things that other kids didn't want to know. Um, But it turned out all right, you know. I think it served you. I I love my schooling years, and I think education is a beautiful, wonderful privilege. But my older brother and my younger brother actually didn't do very well in school. Mm. I, I I was very academic, and my older brother flunked everything. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. And I remember his teacher saying... Literally, like they said to him, you will amount to nothing in your life, um, wow. and he had an awful reputation. When I went into the school, everyone said you're Gideon's sister, and I immediately got put in all the like remedial classes because they just went, oh, it must be inherent in your genes or something. Wow. But uh my brother is now one of the most intelligent people that I know, and he just didn't. He just needed to find what he was interested in studying.
0: Well, I think when you go into it, and I, I remember this too. I've not exactly like your brother, but I I was undiagnosed with like ADD or whatever mm. people want to mm-hmm. put numbers on it. And a lot yeah. of it is, is serious when you don't understand that kids just, they're not engaged. Mm. Like it's it's okay to say like, you're not engaging the kid. Like they're yeah. not interested in what you're trying to teach. It's but not they just blame on, the kid. Teach-
1: Rather than, it's the fact that you're reading from a textbook that was written five years ago and you're literally just reading that textbook in the front of a class. Like, I don't know.
0: It's... Yeah. <sighs> But you also grew up with a dad who's a, uh, a creative. No, he
1: wasn't creative until I was creative. My family followed really? me into the industry. Oh, I have. Wh- my dad, <laughs> when I was growing up, my dad made databases for doctors on the NHS. Um, and he's an extreme academic. Yeah. Like, went to university. I think it kills him that myself, my older brother, my younger brother didn't go to university. He's one of the, mo- the smartest people I know. Um, but so straight-laced that I couldn't think of anything less creative than making databases for doctors. (laughs) Um, and it was only until when he retired, um, I think about five, six years ago that he said, I want to be a writer at the support of my mother. My mum was like, you've always wanted to write. You read so much. Like, why don't you fulfill this dream of yours? And his mother before him wanted to write as well. Wow. So he finally did it, and he self-publishes uh, books. And then he just got picked up by a French publishing company. Like, it's great. I'm I'm so proud and happy for him.
0: That's pretty awesome. I So literally, you blazed the path for people because you didn't care, and you were like, I'm not scared. Dreams
1: do come true, and yeah. And he was going to do it. Yeah, well, when I, when I told my parents I wanted to be an actor, they were both like, even though my mom is incredibly supportive, my dad wasn't supportive at all. Wow. And And... And neither were my teachers. And I remember a teacher saying to me, uh, how, how are you going to make a living? Like, how will you get any jobs? You're not white. Um, and, and at the time, yeah, there was no one. The, at that time, if you asked anyone, name, name a famous Asian person, they were like Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee, who were men. Uh, or Lucy Liu was the one person that they could say to me. But there was no one in the UK. No one.
0: That's amazing because it's very interesting still here in the states. Because I started off in acting. Oh really? And I was overweight. Like I was a, I was uh, much bigger in a time where bigger, where there's a lot of stigma. Popular culture not doing well. And I remember one of my directors saying to me, I lost a little bit of weight. I was still um, bigger than I am now. Mm -hmm. And there was another young lady who was also larger but not i mean to us it was we're from the south we're black women Mm -hmm. we come in all shapes and sizes and i remember the director telling me that he couldn't cast both of us even though he felt like we were the two best in the audition he had to cast one of us and make a choice because he couldn't have two leads Mm. that were both thicker wow and went with someone who is his third choice as the other lead because of aesthetics and it's interesting to me, like I've, I've, I, it, it's such a superficial
1: viewpoint to have, right? I don't know. I, I will always take quality over something so superficial as, oh, well, they look similar. Same, same with Asians and mm. I, I people of color in general. Yeah. That for the longest time, it was like, well, we've got we've got one person of color. We don't need any more people of color. Like, let's not get ridiculous. We, we don't want is it, enough. Yeah, enough. yeah. We don't want it to be like a gap ad, you know. Um, <laughs> That's my favorite one. Oh, we, we don't we don't want it to seem forced.
0: But oh. Are these things you've actually heard?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, completely. I, I mean, this has accumulated over nine years in this industry.
0: That's but I, I love the fact that right now, and one of the things that I think is really cool, people are really coming up uh, and supporting. But it's it's so amazing how there is a deeper awareness now. Mm. And everyone's like, nope, I get to be everything. Mm, mm-hmm. I get to be the lead. I get to be not the sidekick. Mm. Yeah. So.
1: It's about time. Again, I just hope it's not Groundhog Day. I hope, I really don't want us to be having this conversation again in 10 years' time. And I don't want the next generation to have this conversation. Yeah. Which is, it's on us to fix it.
0: So why then acting? Because you... <laughs> you could have done anything. Like, you seem like a voracious learner Thank and you. just really curious. Why acting?
1: Well, when I was younger, I always knew that I wanted to be a storyteller in some way. And so I always... It, it, I didn't really hone in on acting until my teens. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I, my my parents asked me, what, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a writer or a, or a dancer or a pianist or um, a singer. Some, something... Something communicating to people yeah. and making them feel things. I knew I didn't want to do a nine to five um, in an office. Uh, Nothing against that, <laughs> it which wasn't, wasn't for me. Um, and my mom was really, really supportive, mm-hmm. which everyone finds surprising because she's the Asian and, and the, the stereotype is that the Asian is a tiger mother who's very academic, but my mom was always said to me, do whatever you want, but be the best you can be which I think is quite Singaporean. But <laughs> she said, if you want to be a bin man, that's fine, but you'd be the best damn bin man in the world. <laughs> you'd you be the bin man that's out there dancing in the streets, having a ball every day of your life and it would never feel like work. Um, cool. When I was a teenager, I started taking Lambda examinations. Lambda is uh, quite a big drama academy in the UK. And as soon as I did it, it was just that feeling of, oh, wow. And it got to the stage where, especially with dance, I was doing a lot of point work. And they said, to progress to the next stage, you have to do more hours a week. I was doing something like six hours a week. And they said, you need to do seven, you need to do eight. And, it, and it, I had to make the decision because I knew that I would have to drop acting classes and piano and all these other things. And I went, no, I can't. And that's how I knew. When it was on the line, that's how I knew that that's what I wanted
0: to do. That's pretty amazing. And so how long after that did you get cast in Spirit Warriors?
1: I mean, I got cast in Spirit Warriors when I was 17, I think, or 16. Spirit Warriors was pretty soon after I'd made the decision and I got really lucky. I was in Chinatown with my mum and she saw a poster advertising for these young British Chinese kids. And I was too old, uh, but my mum said, "Read that description. That's you. You need to write to them." So I wrote to them. and I said, "This is why I think I should be that character." Really asinine letter, like, "Dear casting office, <laughs> my name's Jessica Hennig, and I am 16 years old." <laughs> uh, and they responded and said, "Yeah, sure, come in." And lo and behold, they rewrote the character to be my age, and and wow. um, they changed the other the other sibling. It was originally going to be a boy and a girl and it turned out to be this beautiful story about two sisters who lose their mom. and it was, it was a trial by fire going from having no real experience to being the lead in a TV series for four months. And I learned more on that job than I, than I have on any other job, I think.
0: Wow. So when did you start training? Because you've trained in several different types of martial arts. Mm-hmm. You have learned how to use a whip you have learned how to use a katana um you have trained in using a bow stick i think a lot of people don't understand like each one of those takes a certain amount of different training and muscle memory and you're and you're you let people in right like there's this realness to you as a person that you you you're like look i mess up like i love the fact that when a lot of folks do their instagram they do that one take where they get it right no, 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 your Instagram is like that 10 takes that it was wrong, mm-hmm. and then that one take that you got it right, and it's like this enjoyment of the process, but like, let's talk about this process, like how, how long are you it's, training?
1: I mean, it depends, it, it's different for each thing. With mm-hmm. The Whip, I was cast, and the next day they flew me out to Ireland, and uh, Northern Ireland, and they were like, okay you need to start learning how to use this because otherwise you're gonna kill someone uh, or you're gonna take their eye out. And I almost took Rosabelle's eye out. Rosabelle's my youngest sister and I hit her right there. And thankfully everything was fine, but it was a lesson. (laughs) This is serious. Um, Stunt, and I have such respect for the stunt industry because they put their lives on the line every single day and they get no credit. You know, people don't talk about, people don't wanna talk about their stunt doubles because they're like, I want everyone to think it's me. Uh, And the Academy doesn't have a a category for best stunt coordination or best stunt double or anything like that, they just, they're in the background putting their lives on the line. And I have a lot of respect for it. So I, yeah, I never want it to when I post videos and stuff like that, I never want it to seem like, oh, it's so easy. No, people put their whole lives into, especially with something like Chinese martial arts, they put their whole lives into learning one style. You know, Tiger style. that's it. Wow. The whole life.
0: <laughs> and then you come in for... And then I
1: come in for anything from one to four months and try and pretend I'm an expert. And it's really hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you've gotten some bruises, right? <laughs> like, you have actually yeah. gone out there and put your... Bu- you're like, I'm going to get this. Yes, yeah. I
1: On Game of Thrones, I got a lot of, um, like, whip marks. Mm-hmm. I, I hit myself a lot to get to that stage where I could wield it in front of a crew and, and feel it got to the stage where I went, you're safe, you're safe. You need to step back to like, I could just, I could just eyeball it, but with iron fist, it was rough. I got a lot of bruises. Um, Both my hips came out. Um, I got a tear in my Achilles heel. This was all season one. Season two, none of that happened because (laughs) I learned from season one. I was like, okay, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, This is how you save yourself. And I have a great stunt double who I was just like, it's over the shoulder. Can you come in, please? (laughs) Um, We'll 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 tag team it. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't get better. I got smarter.
0: Yeah, but I've seen some of the show. Okay. And I love it. I like the fact that, um, and just a little bit of a spoiler alert for those who are listening. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that at the beginning you're like, I'm not, I'm out. Like, Colleen's like, I'm out, I'm done. And then the game is like, hey, hey, Colleen, I know you wanted out, but nah, nah. Mm -hmm. You You gotta come back in. It's a
1: calling. She's not the kind of person who can just stay at home and wait for Danny to fix things. Mm -hmm. And I think that we see, she does that in the beginning. She's doing it. And it's only when Misty comes in and kind of shakes her and says, what do you actually want with your life? You know, is this it? You just want to do volunteer work and live off Danny, Danny's money for the rest of your life.
0: <laughs> I mean, does that sound so... Okay. <laughs> for for real life, for a Colleen Wing, for you, that sounds horrible. It sounds horrible to me. <laughs> but, um, it,
1: but it's also pretty cushy. Yeah, I know. Uh,
0: it's almost like you switched roles, right? So y- mm. you come in season two of Luke Cage and you're like, yo, Misty, what are you doing? Pick yourself up. Can, I, you, I, yeah. can you put up or shut up? And now Misty comes in and you kind of have this kind of buddy cop yeah, relationship for a minute in it's the really show. Cool. It's really
1: cool.
0: How did you prepare for this deeper evolution? Because in the first season, Colleen's there and we really, we get to know a little bit about her, but most of it has to do with the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it has to do with Colleen in relation to Danny um, and in relation to the fact that you're basically mm-hmm. recruiting kids for the hand. But in season two, like you, we're learning more about mm-hmm. her and her family and just her personally. Is there anything in particular like, you feel like was your favorite part of that in, in developing out Colleen?
1: Hmm. Um, honestly, the, my favorite part was getting to work with the other actors and build up those relationships. Mm. Because I think we're so defined by the people that we keep around us. And the Colleen-Misty relationship is really important to me. And working with Simone is wonderful. I mean, she's great and she kicks ass. Uh, and then also, I, I work with great actors like Julian, who plays BB. He's this new kid who, who Colleen. She looks at him and she kind of recognizes Daryl and and herself, uh, and she tries to take him under her wing. And he's a bit resistant to that at first.
0: It's kind of full circle though. And so this is the biggest spoiler. So I have to make sure like I say this very clearly. You go from being the one true warrior eight years ago in Spirit <laughs> yeah. Warriors to being the immortal iron fist.
1: Oh my gosh, you're right. It's been a like a nine year journey. Mind blown. Ugh, time flies, doesn't it?
0: I mean, like you do this this cool revolution right like you've gone through these dope characters who are very strong women Mm -hmm. and are warriors and it's almost like the universe just keeps pushing you
1: yeah i mean i'm making a conscious decision not to just do that only because now of course as soon as iron first came out i got a ton of offers of badass asian women who do martial arts and it's like that's cool there's nothing wrong with that yeah i love martial arts Uh, i love badass women but uh I think that you know there's so many different ways to show strength and I've got a film coming out soon and mm. this character is physically incapable she is just she's not she's a she's a wimp um <laughs> and she's a, a crier uh but she sh- shows a strength that's not physical yeah uh, it's really nice
0: now you've done radio, you've done theater, you've done voiceovers for video games. Is there this love of just wanting to do it and learn? Or is it is there is there a strategy?
1: It's definitely not strategy. A lot of people say, oh, are you trying to get this genre angle? Because I always do, I do so much fantasy and sci-fi. Yeah, uh, It's really not intentional. It's just what scripts come my way. And I also think, you know women and Asian women specifically are quite limited in what we get mm-hmm. and so I'm always trying to get something that I feel is different and a lot of the best roles for Asian women are in this genre um, but there's no strategy <laughs> except with maybe with I did a video game uh, called Dreamfall mm-hmm. and I played the original Dreamfall when I was 12 or whatever and once I was in Game of Thrones I thought hmm I'm quite established now and I have a voice reel I wonder if I, I heard that they were making a new game after ten years had passed or whatever, uh, and I thought I wonder if I write to them and send them my voice reel, whether they'd be willing to consider me. And I did. I, I wrote I wrote him a letter saying, "Hi, I'm Jessica Hennick from Game. I'm Jessica Henick from Game of Thrones. <laughs> when I was twelve, I played this game and I loved it. Please put me in the new one." And he responded and he said, "Do you know how many letters? Of, how, do you know how many?" Times a day I get these kind of emails, but your voice reel is actually really good. Do you want to do you want to have a role? And yeah, lo and behold,
0: going back to what you were saying when you were talking about the fact that there are a lot of limited roles for Mm -hmm. Asian women, you've also in your roles done a really good job of defying tropes. Is that something where you're like, oh, you'll look at a role and be like, eh? or is it do you feel like you do you feel like you bring yourself into the role? As it's developed in the same way you write a letter like, hey, you should consider me. You're like, hey, guys, you should consider making the character a little bit more. Completely. Yeah. Very much so. That's amazing. It takes a lot of courage to walk in. But maybe that's the no fear. Maybe that's just you have no fear. What's the worst thing they can do? Give you
1: a reputation? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to stand up for yourself in this industry. But there's no time like today. And I couldn't sleep with myself if I let things like that pass me by.
0: Yeah, It's always interesting to see how people are vocal about it Mm -hmm. and how it's it's so connected to your core, right? It's not just something Mm. you do because you want more likes, you want more hits, you want more retweets. It literally is.
1: It's a movement. It's not, I mean, it's not even just Asian women. It's women, it's women of a a certain age. Like we all need to work together, otherwise nothing's gonna happen. (laughs) And I feel like it's Groundhog Day. You know, we keep having these same conversations over and over again. Hashtag this, hashtag this. But at the end of the day, I definitely think of the past three years, I've decided, okay, enough talking. We just need more creatives. We need more creatives from different backgrounds who are writing and directing and producing.
0: That's really dope. So are there any skills you haven't learned yet that you want to? I'd love to learn how to rock climb.
1: Yeah, I've not done that and it requires so much upper arm strength I might not be able to do that. I find it very hard that
0: there's anything that you're not.
1: Well, able I also to do. have a fear of heights. So, rock climbing is is great going up, but as soon as you look down, I'm wrecked. I'm destroyed. You have a but you hike. I know, but that's different. I, it's not like I'm hiking completely vertical. You know, it's, just, it's a gradual. It's yeah, like it's a gradual, gradual elevation. Like yeah, I'm fine with that. Like I can ski and like that's fine. But in Iron for season one, there was a scene where I jump off a roof and they were like, you don't have to do it. And I said, I want to I want to try because I'm in a I'm in a harness and it's it was about 20, 20, 30 feet or something like that. And I have never been more terrified in my life. Uh, And they had the stunt guys, the guys who were rigging me are also firefighters or they were firefighters. And at the end of at the end of it, I was like, you guys were great. You were so calming. And and he and he said, I was giving I was using the voice that I use when I'm trying to tell someone to jump out of a, a building that's on fire. That's the voice that I was using with you, just so you know. And I went, Wow, it was so relaxing. <laughs> it How could you get someone to
0: jump out of a building?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was just like very slow. Kind of like you're speaking to a child, very calming, very peaceful. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. If it was that
0: voice, I would have. I I'm tell me I'm tell me what to do, and I'll do so it. So <laughs> calm right now. Uh, so you're also a gamer. Yeah, like a big gamer.
1: Well, I'm not a massive gamer because it, it depends. If I'm filming, I have no time.
0: Well, yeah, that that would make sense. That this is only the the random rare downtime that you somehow to Yeah, a month here
1: and then six months goes past, and then I get another month, and then, yeah.
0: Where are you playing now?
1: What am I playing now? I am addicted to Fortnite. I'm not ashamed to say that at all. (laughs) It's so good. I wish that I'd like bought stocks in it or something at the beginning because wow, did that game blow up? Yeah, and you have
0: your own Twitch channel, right?
1: Well, my, bro- my younger brother has a Twitch channel, oh, Wow, Dark Terrors, T-E-R-R-A-Z, uh, <laughs> and I've streamed with him once, but then it was so embarrassing because it was the first time I played Fortnite and I was not good, and I said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to get better, and once I'm at a certain level that I'm not going to embarrass myself, I'm going to come back onto the stream and do like an eight-hour so are you an
0: RPG or your first-person shooter? Like, what is your favorite type of game?
1: Honestly, what I grew... My bread and butter growing up as a gamer yeah. <laughs> was RPG, like, adventure stories. Uh, and I, I love old-school point-and-clicks, like the, the Broken Sword and Gilbert May and Dreamfall, which is the, the game yeah. that I ended up voicing. And there was a game called Siberia. Like, those were my... Those were my things, like... Going on these mad journeys with these characters, and video games had female leads way before anything else did. I just want to put that out there. I
0: agree. So I have quick fire questions. They're very fun. There's no. There's no. Pop okay. questions, I promise. So a wh- game. <laughs> a game. Uh, what was your most challenging like training moment that you've had? Because we've talked about you've been doing this for nine years, You're putting your body on the line.
1: My most challenging training moment is actually a, a game that my teacher hero, my katana teacher hero uh, taught me. And I made a video about it. It's on my Instagram. And he would get a bottle of water and he'd unscrew the lid and he'd turn it upside down and rest it on the top of the bottle. And I would have to, it's like, it's a quick draw, but with a katana. So I'd have to sh- have it sheathed and unsheathe it, turn it, and just skim the lid off the bottle and not touch the bottle. That's really hard. Wow. It's really hard because you've got to you've got to know the exact length of your katana, obviously, because you don't want to hit it. If you if you hit it too high up the hill, then that's cheating, and also the whole bottle will knock over. And it's it's so difficult. And I've only been able to do it like three times. That was my hardest training moment, <laughs> most
0: embarrassing training moment,
1: most embarrassing training moment. I went to do a knee, as in kneeing someone in the chest, and my legs just turned to jelly and I just fell over onto, onto my back and then every, but no one had touched me. Like I went to knee, and I just, I was on,
0: I was done. Total awkward turtle.
1: Awkward turtle. Awkward squid. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Awkward, awkward squids mating.
0: Oh, I've learned so much in this interview. <laughs> uh, coolest thing you've learned. Scuba diving for uh, my new film underwater. Very cool. Top five songs on your playlist.
1: Okay, well I'll tell you what I listened to this morning. There we go. I listened to Redbone. Nice, I love him. Charles Gambino, classic. Love him. Obsessed with him. Was going to do a movie with him, and then it, it clashed with Game of Thrones, and I was so sad because I was going to fangirl hard. <laughs> <sighs> I almost feel like I shouldn't talk about this in case I do meet him and he's awkward and embarrassed and like, oh, you're that weird girl that's really obsessed with me. Uh, <laughs> I listened to Redbone this morning, and then I listened to Camille Cabello. I listen, what was her song? Uh, Something's Gotta Give. It was a good song. I listened to Pete Davidson's song by Ariana Grande. <laughs> and then I listened to Stay High by Tavlo. This is when I was getting my makeup done. The remix. The remix of Stay High. Um, and then I think an Eminem song came on. That was my... That's five, right? That's five. Yeah. We'll go with it. I have a very... I like it. No, it's... A, wild. I, I, the first CDs that I bought in England was uh, Kanye West late registration. And on the same day, I bought Simon and Garfunkel Greatest Hits. And I think that's quite representative of me.
0: I am here because I own both of those. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Either
1: to fly or to breathe underwater. Is it really bad that I want to be able to read people's thoughts? Is that, it's quite an invasion of privacy, isn't it? It's quite bad. Bad per se. Bad, like. Yeah, it's, a mm, it's a grey line. It's a grey line. It's non-consensual thought reading. <laughs> um, but as an actor, it would just be so easy. I would only use it, like, I finish an audition and, and you want to know what did they think? And they don't tell you. So if I could just be like, thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun. Nice to meet you. And then just read their thoughts. Then I, then I could walk out and immediately call my agent and go, don't even bother chasing that one up.
0: Yeah, we're good. We're they, good. they hated Next me. Next one. <laughs> what is your superpower?
1: My superpower? I think my superpower is picking things up really quickly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or my tenacious spirit. Ooh, see? We're going to use tenacious from now on. It's <laughs> happening.
1: My tenacious D spirit. <laughs> All right.
0: Last but not least, what should fans be looking most forward to when they're watching season two of Iron Fist?
1: Misty. Misty and Davos, I think, steal the, steal the whole show. Sasha, who plays Davos, is incredible, and I think the best fight scenes are his. He just moves. He moves like he's been doing it his whole life, and he's very intense and wonderful to look at.
0: I couldn't <laughs> agree more. That's it.
1: See, Thank that was you. easy. You
0: didn't even know there was 45
1: minutes. I know. That did, go, that did go by quite
0: quickly. I definitely walked away with three things from this interview. One, she is extremely tenacious and fun and just full of life. Two, hand, shoulders, hands, sparklers, which will never, ever, ever leave my head. And three, really being excited about the future of Jessica Hinnick's career and the challenges that she is going to take head on in being a well-rounded actor, creator, and just all-around creative. And being hopeful that she writes something of her own. A huge thank you to Jessica Hinnick for sitting down with me. Fans should definitely be looking forward to more from Jessica, the incredible evolution of her character, Colleen Wing, and the rest of the cast of Marvel's Iron Fist Season 2, streaming now on Netflix.